0: guys, how's it going? Derek craig here with another oilfootbasics.com Discover podcast. This is the podcast that we learn something new about our incredible industry on every single episode. Thank you so much for, for joining us today. We're going to be talking about coronavirus and the workplace. So, uh, topics that we're (laughs) probably uncomfortably familiar with, uh, but going to get a lot more uh, in in depth with kind of what's happening behind the scenes, probably with some of your HR departments and and trying to understand uh, that aspect of it better. So hopefully be pretty helpful to to all of us listening. Uh, This is going to be a continuation of um, the ELN series in a sense. So last last podcast, if you haven't listened to it, we talked with John McCreary, um about drugs in the workplace. And it's a pretty interesting episode there going into more in depth on, on testing and how medical marijuana is handled. Um and we're that he was also an Energy Leaders Network speaker. And now we're continuing with our guests today. Uh they both presented at a recent Energy Leaders Network um networking production. So uh, we're continuing the discussion here with them today. So just a couple quick announcements before we dive into the podcast. Um we do have a couple new courses out, I encourage you to check check those out. Uh, one of them being uh, ESP Basics, so talking about equipment theory and operation, uh, that's by a gentleman named Kevin Matcham. He has uh, put that course together for us, very informative overviews, artificial lifting goes more in depth on ESPs in, in general. So good good content there. And we've also got a couple of new courses out from Scott Neal. So, Lots and lots coming out. Definitely follow us on LinkedIn and all of our social media to, to keep up to date on all of our additional new content. So without further ado, uh, today I've got a co-host with me, Priya Manchiraju, joins me again today as my co-host. She's our current intern. How are you doing today, Priya?
1: I'm good, Derek. Thanks.
0: Awesome. Well, glad to, glad to have you on. You have been on another episode, but it's been a couple, it's been a little bit, so I'm glad. Uh, glad we got to reconvene here on this <laughs> episode. And Priya, just for a quick refresher, she's a... Junior at uh, University of Texas at Austin with chemical engineering, right? Yes. Awesome. And she's been helping out with a lot of the content uh, that's been coming out more recently, especially the the Scott Neal courses. So uh, how's that looking? You learned a lot from that?
1: Yes, it's definitely been a great learning experience. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So he's been all over the place with with, uh, topics. We've got, I think, over 15 hours at this point from him and a couple more left uh, going into depth, not only on... Uh, different aspects of the mainstream industry uh, but all, and different processes that happen within that, but also going into codes and standards. And then now uh, this week, we were talking more specifically about even like personal skills relating to to engineers and and doing well in this field. So lots and lots of content coming out from him. So I appreciate all your your help with putting that together for you. And without further ado, let's start diving into the podcast. Um, today, I've got Steven Antonelli with me. Uh, he is a shareholder in the litigation group of Babs Callen, so same firm that John McCurry works for that we had on last week's ep- or last uh, last episode. And then uh, Kirsten Bossman, uh, she's an HR journalist with First Energy Corporation at West Penn Power Operating Company. Uh, so I'm glad to have these guys on today. How are you doing?
2: Great, Derek. Thanks for having us on.
0: Absolutely, I'm glad to glad to have you, Kirsten. How are you doing, doing.
1: today? <laughs> doing well. Happy to be here.
0: Awesome. Well, and I haven't had uh, two guests for a while, so we've got a full house for sure between uh, Priya and the two guests. So glad to have everybody on here, hoping for some uh, real good discussion here. So I, to start off, you know, I always have everybody kind of introduce uh, themselves, talk more about their background. Stephen, we'll start with you, um, and then we'll go to, to Kirsten for her background.
2: Thanks, Derek. So um, as you already mentioned, uh, I am a shareholder uh, who practices in the litigation group for Babs Callen. Uh, I focus my practice primarily on representing employers uh, in labor and employment matters. Um, That includes both employment litigation, some traditional labor law, as well as day-to-day HR counseling. I've been doing this for just over 15 years um, and um, uh, happy to be here, looking forward to the discussion.
0: Awesome, I'm glad to have you, Kirsten.
1: Um, So I'm Kirsten Bosman. As you said, I work at First Energy, um, with our focus being on the West Penn Power um, operating plant. Um, I've been an HR generalist for just over six years. Um, Originally, I'm from South Africa, so... Um, I worked in South Africa for a couple of years and then moved over here. Um, my background is I have a healthcare background as well as um, doing HR for many nonprofit organizations and then as a third-party supplier to um, a company in the oil and gas field. Um, my tasks are the day-to-day HR, the typical HR generalist job title.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, what, what does that necessarily mean? Generalist part of HR. <laughs>
1: <laughs> generally everything um, generally everything <laughs> and, yeah you know from hiring to all the way through to firing um very hard sometimes um yeah. but everything in between
0: yeah. labor
1: relations um absence management drug and alcohol testing
0: all the stuff. <laughs> all the fun stuff all the fun stuff yeah <laughs> he used to know about everything yeah all right well i guess that that's kind of a well okay first off what part of south africa I'm curious Johannesburg okay awesome awesome and then uh my what I was going to ask was you know where does coronavirus it's, it's affecting everybody right coronavirus in, in general but in terms of from the the corporate response and what's going on at the corporate level is this mostly sitting with HR um or is it, I guess it's probably a pretty strong mix of HR and legal I mean that's asking you guys just uh, who does this usually fall on or you know where does this usually who's making all the decisions on these
1: um, I think our company is um, big enough that we have many different departments who've had a hand in this. Um, it's definitely been a huge team collaboration. So our primary focus has been a um, cooperation between HR and our corporate health and safety.
0: Okay, okay. So mostly, so, okay. so where does legal come in then, Stephen? <laughs> well, I, I think from
2: from my perspective, there's also. Um, you know, HR management, uh, health and safety, uh, it, it is generally, uh, a, a team effort because this is something that no one's ever dealt with before, mm-hmm. uh, or at least that we haven't dealt with it in our lifetimes. Um, and, and, um, I think that for my organization, at least one of the things that, that we have done is we have sort of appointed a kind of a, I don't want to say a point person, but a team of point people who meet regularly. Um, to decide how to best, uh, approach this as an employer, uh, and, and then to clearly communicate a message frequently to the employees, uh, and, and to, um, you know, our management team is in, in frequent communication with, or in, I'm sorry, constant communication with us about the next steps and how things are progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as we've seen, um, you know things can change from week to week or day to day even uh, as as uh, you know things have uh, it, it is a is a moving target uh and and things have changed drastically just in the last couple of weeks i mean since the last uh, uh presentation that kirsten and i gave to eln a few weeks ago mm-hmm. uh i think the the lay of the land has changed drastically okay with cases rising unfortunately obviously
0: yeah and it's crazy how everything uh, that's kind of the 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 big picture of the story right now everything's always always changing um so i guess you know one of the 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 biggest things i guess that is evolving is you know what's coming down from the government guidance from the government uh, assistance programs from the the government i guess what have you guys seen on on that and that's being pretty impactful and i know um steven we got a lot to talk about the families first response act uh, as part of that discussion
2: yeah, and uh the, the Family's First Coronavirus Response Act, the FFCRA as it's abbreviated, um, is is uh is sort of the, the primary law that I've been dealing with uh for the last eight months. Uh and, and what this is, is an amendment to the FMLA. Um that it's a well really it's a temporary amendment to the FMLA and it requires certain employers, most employers really, uh, to provide employees with paid sick leave or expanded family and medical leave for specified reasons related to COVID-19. Um, it took effect on April 1st, 2020 and is currently set to expire on December 31st, 2020.
0: Okay. So we're we're coming up on it.
2: <laughs> we are we are coming up on it. Now who knows um with the uh, you know the uh, the election and and uh, we don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks and months, um, in terms of whether or not there will be some sort of, uh, additional aid package or, or other legislation that might, um, either re up the family's, uh, the, the family's first act or, um, bring something new to the table. Mm-hmm.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And then where's, where's, so you, I assume you work with, you know, multiple companies across the board, uh, for on the, the legal side, uh, with, with helping them and putting forth recommendations, uh, mm-hmm. working with litigation, and everything. Um, where do you see, uh, that response specifically fitting with, with, with our industry? I mean, we kind of know the, the situation, why it's being applied, but how is it fitting in with our industry? Why is it, uh, how is it applicable and, and, and whatnot? Sure.
2: Well, I mean, it applies, I think really to most industries um and and most employers uh i believe it is um it, it applies to i guess it's some public employers and all private employers with fewer than 500 employees um, there are some very small businesses with fewer than 50 employees who may qualify for an exemption from the act uh, if the leave that the act requires would sort of would jeopardize the viability uh, of the entity as a going concern. Um, that being said, it, it does apply, um, to, to most employers and specifically as it applies to this particular industry. Um, you know, I'll use my own example, uh, or my own scenario as an example. It's now, uh, November 12th. I've been to the office since March 12th. I don't know. Six, seven times, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've run into a coworker in person. I don't know some of those times that I've been to the office, but really, it's been me working from home here from my basement. Yeah. Um, and and with this particular industry, some folks can work from home for sure, but there are lots of employees who have to be on the well pad. For instance, they have mm-hmm. to be at work physically, and when you have a job that requires employees to be near one another i think that is you know setting up a scenario in which uh there is a a better chance for someone to contract the virus uh and as a result um you know there that's why we're here today to talk about sort of um how to handle uh situations while you're at work uh and or situations about when this is all over an eventual return to work or an eventual return to some kind of normalcy. I don't know if and when that's ever going to happen or how it's going to happen.
0: Um,
2: but, but, uh, you know, when we first started talking about this, Derek, just a couple of weeks ago, the, you know, the, the thought was we're going to get there at some point. And, you know, now we're talking about 140,000 new cases a day. Uh, and so it, 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 it tends to feel like we're, uh, you yeah, know, taking away. two steps forward, <laughs> 10 steps back. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think one of the things we need to hit on here too, is I guess kind of fleshing out what all this family response, uh, family's first response acts, acts sure. basically covers uh, a little bit more than absolutely. that. So if you don't mind kind of reviewing that too. So, so we know what's going on behind the scenes.
2: Yeah. So it provides for two different types of leave. Really. It's going to give you, it what's going to it, it employees. Um, who qualify for it uh, would be entitled to um, two weeks of paid sick leave. And that's really it's up to 80 hours of paid sick leave at the employee's regular rate of pay where the employee is unable to work because he or she is quarantined um, pursuant to a federal or state or local government order or the advice of a health care provider and or is experiencing symptoms of COVID-19 and actively seeking a medical diagnosis. Uh, It also provides two weeks up to 80 hours, again, of paid sick leave, this time at two-thirds of the employee's regular rate of pay. um, uh, For those instances where the employee is unable to work because of a bona fide need to care for someone else who is subject to one of those quarantine orders or uh, is, is is being told to stay home upon the advice of a healthcare provider or to care for a child who is under 18 years of age, um, unless that child has a disability and then it can extend beyond 18 years of age uh, if they cannot care for uh, themselves. Uh, if, you know, Those are instances where um, a school or a child care provider is closed or is unavailable for reasons related to COVID-19 and or the employee is experiencing substantially similar condition as specified by uh, the secretary of health and human services uh, in consultation with the, I think it's the secretaries of treasury and labor. Um, and, And so basically you're going to get two weeks of paid sick leave at The regular rate of pay if you are experiencing symptoms yourself or if you are subject to a quarantine order Um, you're going to also be entitled to uh, two weeks of paid sick leave at two-thirds of your regular rate of pay if you are caring for someone else who is in a similar situation now after that two weeks expires or i should say in addition to that that two weeks the, the Act also provides employees with up to an additional 10 weeks of paid expanded family and medical leave uh, at two-thirds of the, employer, the employee's regular rate of pay, where an employee who has been employed for at least 30 calendar days is unable to work due to a bona fide need to for leave to care for a child whose school or child care provider is closed again due to the pandemic now um the act provides uh refundable tax credits that can reimburse employer employers for the cost of providing this paid sick leave i believe on a dollar-to-dollar basis but i'm not a tax that's what buyer. i was gonna ask uh, it, if the government's and, covering
0: this or not
2: yeah and, and it, it, it provides these tax credits uh, again, I, I think it's on a dollar for dollar basis uh, for the employers who have to cover this cost of providing paid sick and family leave wages to those employees uh, who are on leave related to the pandemic.
0: Okay, so I guess one of my big questions from all that too is uh, let's say Priya's graduated, she works uh, for Chevron. Well, Chevron's mm-hmm. got a little bit more than uh, 500 employees. So how does how do things differ with the larger corporations?
2: I think they have a lot more than 500 employees yeah <laughs> um,
0: but uh, so the the act does not apply
2: to employers who have over 500 employees it yeah. also doesn't apply there are certain other industries altogether that are exempted like for instance my wife is a nurse and uh, and mm-hmm. she's first responders medical employees uh, they're they're not um, uh, they're exempted from from the act okay okay gotcha And uh, as well, I think I mentioned this a few minutes ago, but it's also on the lower end of, you know, employers with less than 50 employees. I I believe they are presumed to be covered by the act, but they can seek an exemption from it if compliance with the act is going to sort of jeopardize their their viability as a going concern.
0: Okay, gotcha. And then um, debating whether or not to ask how things might change uh, given the, the recent election results or not. But I guess what do you. Um, I might hold that back to the end a little bit, but what do you see coming forward uh, now as we get closer and closer to December, um, with this coming to expire?
2: You know, uh, your guess is as Anybody's good as mine. <laughs> um, I, 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 I think, uh, uh, I think there are a lot of things that need to be straightened out uh, before, uh, before that's that's going to be um, addressed. But um, I know that uh, you've certainly read stories about um, additional bills or additional aid packages. Um, no word yet as to, you know, whether or not, uh, anything that might get passed in the future will extend this act beyond, uh, December 31st. That being said, because this is an amendment of the FMLA, the family medical leave act, um, I would, I believe that it would have a, a two year statute of limitations period. So you might still have claims uh, where employees might be able to assert violations of the family's first act, even after December 31st, because of the two year statute of limitations, as long as those, you know, alleged violations occurred um, this year.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, well, awesome. Well, let's, let's, switch over to, to kirsten here and and check out and get her her take on uh returning to work and, and what that means uh what that's looking like these days and hopefully we can kind of come back and blend them back together here towards the end um but kirsten you know what are you seeing right now with uh, the return to work you know what the biggest struggles right how, relate this from you know the national <laughs> crisis level down to the oil field and you know, how is this how is this playing out uh, big struggles right now uh, where do we stand as an industry on this right now
1: um uh, so i think you know this is a delicate time for everyone um as we've said many times just today um this is constantly changing there's always new information new guidelines um increases decreases spikes mm-hmm. unfortunately we're in one of those right now um so i think you know there's there's two two sides it's people either want to go back to work or they don't um and I think, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people don't want to go back. Um, apart from just the fear of exposure, there's also um, the comfort of being at home. Um, people have proven that they can still be productive working mm-hmm. from home. Um, and there are many reasons why people do want to go back. You know, they miss the separation from work and personal life. Um and this is obviously more from a a job where you have to be in the office, you know, where you, you don't where where you're able to to work from home. Obviously, we're seeing field level employees, physical employees that have to be on site. It's been a struggle um, making sure that they stay safe and that they're comfortable at work. Um, there's there's a lot. It's it's a it's a challenge.
0: Yeah. And like you said, it's pretty interesting to to think about the differences between the field and the office and even Mm -hmm. the office too. I mean, some people who who might need to be there might not. I mean, for example, like a a monitoring center or something like that, right? Or a response center or somebody who's uh, in that type of a position, you know, still an office job, uh, but might need to be there. And uh, just, you know, how how flexible things are to, you know, I mean, could you let people do remote monitoring uh, remotely? (laughs) I don't know. <laughs> but I guess Yeah, I was just
1: wondering oh sorry. Go ahead. No, go <laughs> I ahead, was just Tri- wondering though, like long term people who are I guess have more of an office job and are capable of you know just doing their job from home, do you think long term they're just gonna wanna stay at home or like wanna eventually go back to the office? Um, I mean I can't speak for other companies, but First Energy actually recently did a survey of all of our twelve thousand employees. Um and the majority of people uh, wanted to do a hybrid, um, situation when, when things are, are okay for us to go back. They felt that having the option to, um, uh, work at the office some days to get that socialization, but then have the opportunity to stay working from home for that comfort level. So that's mm-hmm. what we're seeing yeah. in the office side.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, gotcha. Well, I guess, um, kind of, so, what are some of the, the biggest challenges you know that that companies are facing as as we try to return to work and I, it's even kind of weird to say return to work now because again like everybody's alluded we're kind of going back we were kind of returning to work through the summer maybe some companies and now we're kind of like reevaluating. i assume so uh what are some of the, the biggest challenges uh with with all this all
1: right so um we're focusing on um Obviously, there's like two different areas that you have to take into consideration. Um, One is your return to work plan um, and how you're going to do that. But in conjunction or parallel to that, you need to focus on what's happening here and now. Um, We can have all these great plans and things that we want to do. But when there's a spike like we're seeing right now, all those plans are halted. So one thing that we have noticed um, is returning to work is gonna be a change for people. And as we've seen in many different things, change is very hard for individuals to cope with specifically in the work environment. So I think when it comes to returning to work, you need to ensure that your company has a clear plan laid out. Um, You need to allow for an adjustment period um, you know, people are, have, we thought that this was going to be a very short, oh, we're going to work from home for a couple months and then right. we'll be back at the office. And it took a long time for people to get settled. And I feel like now we're just getting settled in this new environment. And we're already talking about, well, let's go back, let's go back. And that unsettles a lot of people. Um, I think there's three major areas that I would you know, that we're focusing our attention on, which is plans, um, communication, and creating healthy habits and new safety measures. So with our return to work plan, it's important that you have clear guidelines. In your plan, you address your employees' concerns and you highlight that your employees' safety is a top priority. Um, There are some things to consider, which we've also been doing with our physical employees, um, is working pods so certain groups of people who have to interact with each other remain interacting with each other so it's not just you know be involved with too many different people as well as working in staggered or alternating schedules um that's easier said than done if you have enough people to be able to do that um the other thing with your plan is you need to consider your common areas. What are people doing in your cafeteria or break rooms? How are you walking around in the, in the hallways, um, in your own office? What is your desk spacing and your office layout like? Do you have enough room between people Mm-hmm. to allow for yeah, shared offices that, yeah yeah a lot of you know and 2020 was the year of oh let's all do open plan and right. <laughs> now we now we don't want that no more <laughs>
0: better for collaboration
1: <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> i think you also need to um, pay attention to the maximum number of people in commonly used spaces specifically your conference rooms um We have started recommending traffic patterns. I know it didn't work so well at Walmart. People ignore them, (laughs) but in the office space, it's important. Um, The reason that it's there is to avoid face-to-face contact as much as possible. You don't realize how many, how often you walk past someone and you're actually getting a lot closer than Mm. the six feet barrier that you should be at. Um, The one thing though, with returning to work is many, many business units have proved that remote working can be done um i think it's important that your company doesn't need to feel rushed to make a plan or to bring your employees back to the office and it's best to err on the side of caution and take each step in phases until the cdc informs otherwise um there is no point in saying when things go back to normal because Mm. that normal is no
0: more (laughs) yeah are, are you taking the approach, though, that maybe giving being over conservative with like a potential return date is beneficial to employees? On I've, I've kind of seen that play out where it's like, OK, we don't know. We don't know. We'll, we'll make a decision on this date or whatever. And then you, you find out, you know, you've been at home for six months. And if you told somebody ahead of time or told your workers, you know, they could have... Uh, been doing something a little bit different over the six months you know or uh, works remote from and then maybe a, a family member's house or something like that um do, have you seen some of that play out and in, in requests from your employees
1: yeah um a lot of people especially right in the beginning as i said mm-hmm. you know the change we thought it was going to be a little while. it's just going to be for a short time yeah. we're going to quarantine and then we're going to be right. fine it's going to go away um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um You know, I think everyone knows that this is novel. This is completely unprecedented. Um, Mm -hmm. We're all in the same boat. So I think if you make a good faith effort to communicate as much as we can with your employees, it's going to take some understanding on their part. But, you know, it's (laughs) we can't promise anything.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and it's always going to keep on changing for sure. Yeah, awesome. And I think Zoom
2: is here to stay. Right.
1: Oh, yeah. Zoom, Teams,
2: Skype, all teams, of them. Yeah, FaceTime, all of it. Right. I mean, even even in those situations where you're going to have people who are back to work in the actual physical office, you might still have, this could be um, the end of the, the in-person business meeting for a while. You still might be all logging on from your computers, from your individual offices or, or, or workspace or whatever you want to call it. Um, despite everyone being in the same location, because you just don't want that, that congregation of lots of people. Um, and, and as, as Kirsten pointed out, I mean, you, frankly, your, your, um, conference rooms probably don't hold the same number of people as they used to anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you see the, uh, um, you know, the, there, there's a, almost like a, a reduced capacity for all sorts of shared workspaces now.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Conference rooms expect what sometimes even like 25% capacity. <laughs> Can't fit mm-hmm. too many people in there. Then, so yeah, definitely. Uh, telecommunication uh, definitely here to stay. Yep. So, I probably up. maybe even go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry.
2: I was going to say even you know sort of coming up with a plan for people. Um, you know, the FedEx delivery person, uh, you know, and vendors and, and clients and other visitors to your office, you have to come up with a plan for them. Um, do they have to get a temperature check? Probably, um, do they, you know, they'll, they're gonna have to go through the same protocol that, uh, they, that your other employees are going through um, uh, and, and it might be a little bit awkward to sort of, in particular, you know, it, let's say, you know, you have someone that you're inviting to your space uh, then you're going to have to most likely ask them to abide by your, your guidelines.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And I'm, I'm curious too, like what, just since you brought it up, what are the legal aspects of like temperature checks, right? Because I'm, I, I've seen, I, I thought at some point early on, like some airports you were getting temperature checks, right? And then now it's like, you don't, you don't need a temperature check to board a plane. So it's like, and I don't know what that comes down to, I assume it's kind of a legal decision as to uh, who you can temperature check or how, or I mean, kind of walk us through that.
2: Well, I mean, I, I think you, you know, uh, I, I think that a lot of employers were doing it, uh, at first. Um, and then, um, you know, one of the things that you saw, I think is, um, a shortage of supplies, you know, whether okay. uh, toilet paper or 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 uh, contact, contactless uh, thermometers, um, you know, anything in between. Mm. Uh, but not everyone had those at first, and so there was sort of an honor system, almost. I think, among some employers, where they were saying, you know, take your temperature before you come to work, and let us know. You know, stay home if it is above. I think, I think the guideline was a hundred point four. Um, and, uh, you know, there are certainly s- businesses that, that still have those types of, um, precautions in place. And, and they are allowed to do that when they're asking their employees or their visitors to show up at, uh, at their, their place of business. Um, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, I, it's funny every time i do get my temperature taken by you know uh, a business i ask them what it is because i sort of <laughs> um, you know i, I want to check and i you know I, I sort of follow and you can almost take a guess as to what it's going to be yeah. um but uh it's it's you know never never seems to be 98.6 but it's always with you know just i'm a little bit low actually but um you know it, it, it's a uh, it's a it's a decision for each different business to make um whether it is an actual temperature check and and there are now contactless ones that don't require someone to administer them um like if you try and show up at a hospital you just have to sort of show up and stand in front of the the thermometer and and it tells you there's a readout as you get your sort of visitor pass um uh but it's it's a different uh different call for for different employers
0: okay gotcha I guess, you know, kind of also associated with the the legal side, you know, what are you, is there any possible litigation that you could see coming out of a claim of, okay, well, the employer didn't provide this or didn't put in place the safe guidelines or, you know, the things that, that Kirsten was just talking about. Can that happen? Is that something that employers are worried about?
2: Sure. I mean, I, I think that you will likely see, um, uh, an increase in OSHA investigations, maybe, okay. um, you know, uh, all employers uh, are, are uh, required to provide a safe workplace. Um, and you might have people who would, for instance, call OSHA um, and and, uh, and and say, you know, my employer is not, you know, providing masks or it's not providing hand sanitizer or it's got this rule, but no one follows it and they all they look the other way and i you know i'm i'm afraid to go to work i, I you could certainly see those types of uh, investigations happening um you know there's also uh certainly you know I, I think that the one that is probably more likely is 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 claims under say the Families first act um what we were talking about earlier um because well first of all um you know i i think like i said you've got this this two-year statute of limitation um and and uh the you know the potential for damages might be more individualized uh and might be specific to one particular employee um and and that employee's attorney of course uh and and so you might see you might be more likely to see litigation related to that um than 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 more of a an unsafe workplace um uh type of a claim because it's you know it's it's more of more of a, a story that one person has to tell about um, leave that they were you know perhaps denied um, or or maybe the um, maybe the benefits under the act weren't administered correctly because of the fact that this is was such a new thing mm-hmm. and um, and and you know people were sort of you know, employers were learning as 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 they went gotcha
0: and you'd mentioned uh, earlier on in this temperature checks, and mm-hmm. that kind of uh, brought up a question in my mind too of what all um, tools essentially are being used. Um, and this is probably a question for for Kirsten. Uh, what what tools do you see being used, or are, are you guys even actively using? So you know temperature checks. Are you guys doing like check-ins? Like, what are you guys requiring uh, or using as tools to to make sure people who are coming are are healthy?
1: Um, we have actually provided all of our employees with um, personal thermometers. So we have asked, again, like you said, putting the, the trust <laughs> in our employees that they're taking their temperatures before they come to work. Um, but we have provided all of our employees with their own individual one. When we have visitors, they have to have their temperature taken through a contactless thermometer by the security personnel. Um, Our security personnel did go through COVID training.
0: Um,
1: (laughs) You know, it was, (laughs) it changed. So initially they were like, okay, don't touch anyone. And, you know, it's a constant change, but our security personnel have remained um, up to date on their training. Um, A lot of employees on our security team didn't want to take um, individuals' temperatures because they felt that they were putting themselves at risk. So we have seen a decrease in that um, you know, now that we have some more understanding of the, the disease as well as um, easier access to uh, PPE for our employees who are in that situation. We have also partnered with a um, medical team um, who, or a third-party medical team who we offer um, uh, drive-through COVID tests at our, um, it depends on which location you're at, Mm -hmm. um, for employees who um, feel like they've been exposed. So we do a lot of storm restoration efforts, um, partnering with um, other operating companies. Mm -hmm. Currently, we have a group of employees down in Florida helping out with the restoration down there. Mm. So when they come back, because they've crossed state lines, we offer them COVID testing. Um, it's not compulsory, so we don't force our employees to do it. Yeah. But if they're feeling you know that they have symptoms, again, it's 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 the same thing with with OSHA running their investigations. you know if an, if an employer isn't providing um, PPE or um, gloves, hand sanitizer, that sort of thing, it, it's not all on the employer. Um, I think if an employer makes a good faith effort to try and get those supplies, OSHA is going to be a little more understanding in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same thing with our testing; it's it's good faith efforts that we're putting forward.
2: Gotcha. Especially as supplies were in, and when the supplies were short, <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of this.
0: Yep that yeah. that's what was going through my head earlier too whenever you were mentioning uh, the sanitation and everything i was like well curious how, how you so it's the good faith effort that that counts i guess on, on that end mm-hmm. um i'm curious to um, curious and you also mentioned earlier in your return to work plan understanding employees or addressing and understanding employees concerns i'm wondering if you've seen a difference uh, i mean you said you've got what 10 twelve thousand employees have you seen a difference between the demographics of like, you know, what the concerns are in different groups?
1: Um, not so much. Um, our first energy's mission currently is, um, diversity and inclusion. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to work ourselves away from focusing on what different groups are thinking and try Mm -hmm. and have a collective, um, mindset. So we haven't, see, we haven't taken our um, surveys down to that level just yet.
0: Okay, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha.
2: I just and you're it. also, you're going to see different people, you know, uh, regardless of, of their demographic or group, different people are going to have different circumstances, um, you know, maybe not necessarily even involving them personally, but one of their family members that is going to sort of um, help, inform their decision to stay home or their their risk level uh there are certainly some people who say you know i need to work at at work and Mm -hmm. and i'm not as productive as i'd like to be at home um and then you've got other people who say you know what i didn't think i'd be productive at home but i'm kind of doing okay with it yeah and a lot of people are somewhere in the middle um and uh i think you're going to see uh some hybrid approaches um, some split squad approaches where and we tried that for a while before the cases started to creep back up in the summer um, where you'd have, um, you know, sort of a uh, half the half the team stay home for one week. And then the other team, the, the other, uh, the other half comes in the next week. Um, you know, similar approaches to what my kids are doing at school. Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, it just, I think it takes a lot of um, thought, and a lot of effort and a lot of patience on everyone's part. Um, and, um, you know, different folks definitely have different outlooks and, and, and different preferences.
1: Gotcha. And then how would you say like your employees response kind of has been throughout this pandemic? Like generally are people more concerned now than at the beginning or like, how has that kind of been? Um, I feel like it's... Okay. I I think there's, there's no such thing as comparing to how things were. (laughs) I said it earlier, (laughs) we're never going back to normal. Um, I think people have, and not just in an employment setting, just in a, a general way of life setting, this is a global pandemic. It's not just America or one country here or there. Um, and people have learned to cope with the uncertainty. Um, you know, we were saying, as Stephen said, it's patience. I think that's been a huge thing. People have had to be patient. As yeah. <laughs> not one of my strong suits, um, but you've had to become patient and understanding. Um, and I think, you know, it's just, it's getting used to the idea that there's this thing we can't control. What do we need to do as a collective group of people to, make things or make life go on
0: mm-hmm. yeah and i guess you know another, another question i have um you know does this change how sickness is is treated in the workplace like going forward right so you said there's no going back right and, and kind of implied in that too is, is in a lot of the behavioral things Where does this go, you know, beyond, you know, the vaccine or maybe, you know, maybe this at some point five years down the road, maybe this is just common and normal when we've got a vaccine or maybe it does somehow disappear. I have no idea. But what is this? How do all of these things that we're implementing roll into other sicknesses? Right. We're in heading into flu season. And probably for you,
2: I've I've certainly been at work. Um, you know, under a deadline and with a cold, and you know, I can't go home because I need to get this done. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that is that's not going to fly anymore. Uh, someone's going to say you need to go home, uh, and and I think that's going to happen quite a bit. And I think that employers' policies, um, you know, since March have all been adapted to say if you feel sick, if you feel any symptoms, if you have a fever. Whether it is COVID or not, you go home, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that is going to be the new normal for a while.
1: We've even taken it to if you have a stomach ache,
2: oh wow, you know, yeah,
1: any any sick, very broad scope. <laughs> we we'd rather you stay at home,
0: right? Gotcha, gotcha, and so you coming I and you can work from home. Mm-hmm.
2: That does not mean that you know you aren't able to work necessarily, but um, it's uh, it, it you 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 can't put others at risk of a potential contraction, yeah, or infection. I should say.
0: And it's interesting too. You brought up a really good point. Like we've all probably you know worked while we've had a cold or or something mm-hmm. that we've perceived to be minor, uh, but it's interesting to think that that might you know you might not, not have to work beside the, the coughing person anymore who doesn't think either right. they have anything <laughs> right so it, it's interesting to to see that what the long term effects of all this are on human behavior and everything i know like at the very beginning of this we were all like is the handshake going to stick around i'm pretty convinced it's not going away but it's one of those things you know <laughs> it's going to be gone yeah. for a um, while i think yeah
1: we had a um a test day with just our hr group um, back at the office, um, with two of us, and we were spaced ten feet apart at separate desks, just to see how things would work. Um, how many objects were we touching um, mm. together? Yeah, it was very, very closely monitored. Um, but I have allergies, <laughs> so between the hours of eight a.m. and ten a.m., I am a little sneezy and and stuffy, um, yeah, and stuffy. And, uh, you know, I I know my coworker very well. She knows me and she's like, oh, like, I promise (laughs) it'll stop at 10 a.m. Yeah. And she was like, oh, so she was waiting for 10 a.m. She's like, okay, you don't have to go home. So, (laughs) you know, I think this is, it's changed everyone's perspective. Um, There's a a meme going around right now. It said flu season's going to be like the Salem witch trials. (laughs) Um, You know, we... (sighs) I think the biggest thing is um, care and compassion for others. And it's taking a group of people working together, collaborating on maintaining a level of health um, to ensure that the spread slows. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're ever going to stop it, but we need to make sure it stays at the level that it was a few weeks ago. We were doing so well.
0: Just needs to be controllable. Yeah. <laughs> needs to be manageable. Yeah. Um, so I guess, kind of with with all those things in mind, you know, what do you do? H- how do you handle the the stubborn uh, folks <laughs> who don't want to wear a mask or, or they can't breathe with a mask on or whatever? And and maybe that's the case for some people. But you know, how do you handle uh, those people who who don't believe X aspect of something or don't want to give in? Uh, how do you handle that from a corporate uh, perspective, Kirsten?
1: Yes, <laughs> very 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 gently um you know i think it's we haven't had to have the face that yet thank goodness but okay. i think if you um you need to be able to clearly communicate what your new standards are going to be um your expectations and your guidelines that you're putting in place um and I think just equipping employees, not only with the necessary PPE, but also the um, knowledge and information that your company is using to make these decisions. Um, I feel like if individuals understand where the information is coming from, um, that's causing you to make certain decisions, they're a little bit more likely to go with the decision. Um, you know, if you just say, you need to do this because I said so, you're going to get stubborn kids. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm not doing it. So, um You know, it's, if you have someone who, um, if you're a private employer, I think legally you don't have to allow them on the premise. This is a question for Stephen. Okay.
0: (laughs) Back to you, Stephen. Yeah. You know,
2: if someone doesn't want to wear a mask, I think you say, okay, here's a face shield. Um, Yeah. And and let's see if it's really about the mask or if it's really about something else. Yeah. Um, and and if they aren't going to uh, abide by your policies, um, you know, I think you need to, you know, talk with them about why those policies are in place and why they need to um, try and get an understanding for their rationale as to why they are not abiding by the policies. Mm-hmm. And if that's not a good reason, uh, you know, it, you need to discipline them. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's not, I don't know if that, you know, the employers are allowed to make reasonable work rules. Um, (laughs) and, and, and that, you know, that's pre pandemic, uh, and, and, and now, um, you know, for someone to be on some sort of a crusade because they don't think this is real or they don't care or they're, you know, too strong for it or, or it's, you know, it's just, it's not going to get them. Um, you know, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a place
0: for that. Okay. And, and hopefully the, the battle's much easier uh, as an employer because they know their job is at stake and they're lucky to have a job <laughs> as yeah. compared to just in, out in general public. Go ahead, Kristen.
1: It's, it's been a little difficult to um, navigate the employees who um, can't wear a mask for, um, health reasons, mm-hmm. you know, they provide mm-hmm. a valid, um, health practitioners excuse or, or mm-hmm. notes.
0: I'm assuming asthma um, or something with the respiratory. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And again, it's something where you need to show a good effort through the ADA that you try to make a reasonable accommodation for this employee. Um, some things that we've found that have worked for individuals like that is a separate workspace. If you mm-hmm. have. If you have the space for it, yeah. again, it, it all boils down to: Have you made a reasonable, good faith effort um, to make it work? It's, it's, you have to show that you've tried.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gotcha. And I guess, you know, a couple questions just to, to kind of wrap up here. Uh, Steven, you work with a lot of different uh, companies. I'm sure you kind of yeah. getting engaged on what, how people are reacting to all this. Uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about long-term, but, you know, I- I'm curious to, does this lead to, you know, redu- reductions in office spaces? Are, are we going that direction, uh, less corporate offices, or are, are we getting to the direction where, you know, we've got... Um, you know, Joe Smith, he moves to London cause he likes London and he works at night or whatever time of day still works remote and works here during, and nobody knows the difference. I mean, are we heading, uh, possibly that direction long-term and we can kind of just have fun with this, these last couple questions here, guys. <laughs> yeah, sure.
2: I mean, you know, there, there is, um, depending upon the nature of a job, obviously, yeah. um, you know, I, I remember, um, uh, this past summer, um, we, uh, we usually go to the beach every summer, and and we were able to do so in a socially distant manner. We were visiting family, uh, and we did that again this past summer. Yeah, and then we stayed an extra week.
0: Yeah, and it was
2: okay because I had all my work stuff with me, and you know, working from home while at the beach was better <laughs> than working from home while in Pittsburgh.
0: Exactly. Um,
2: yeah. And so, uh, you know, we stayed an extra week, and that was totally fine. Uh, I, you know, got all my work done. Uh, and I think there is something to that in the sense where people, um, have been able to demonstrate that they are able to work remotely. And, and does that necessarily have to be at your home? No, not necessarily. However, there are certainly, uh, certain aspects of jobs that that do require you to be, um, uh, available. They m- might require you to be in a certain place. Um, but it is, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, depending upon the situation, it, it's, it would probably be better to be um, asking for permission rather than forgiveness. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't know about you, Priya, but I, I kind of like uh, some of these cultural changes that's that's coming down the line here, <laughs> opening things up a little bit. <laughs> I think we're we're both. Uh, I, I think Gen Zers is probably what we'd be classified as. So some of that some of that's exciting, um, but I'm, I'm curious too, Kirsten. You had mentioned earlier uh, just a little bit about culture, and I'm curious and, and you, how you're moving to an open space work environment. And I'm thinking, okay, well, Millennial Gen Z, you know, kind of pushing that probably, uh, the shifting uh, demographics there, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> how do you think that this plays into the the culture? Is there like less feelingness of of together, uh, or less feeling of togetherness, uh, you know, how does yeah. this play out culturally?
1: Yeah. I mean, so to speak on what Steven was saying, um, I think we're seeing a lot more individuals having, um, a better work-life balance.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we did a survey with our employees and they're feeling a lot happier. Um, about waking up and going to work. The, yeah. the simple fact that a lot of women said, the fact that I don't have to put makeup on or do my hair <laughs> is awesome. And, you know, they're they're finding that they're able to spend a lot more time with family. You know, you can yeah. close your laptop and go to the next room and your family's right there. That I think has been a huge positive that has come out of this. Um, can't beat the again.
0: commute. Yeah.
2: Hmm? I said, you can't beat the commute. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. We recently moved and my husband's commute, uh, he, you know, we're out in the country and, um, his office is down in the strip district. Mm-hmm. So his commute would be <laughs> an hour and 30 minutes. So he's like, yep, two <laughs> steps definitely beats that. Oh yeah. So <laughs> no, for sure. But I think, you know, as a, as an overall, um, just like I said earlier with people wanting that hybrid option, um, we are missing that connection with other people. There's only so much that technology can do, yeah. Um, I think it's been a great connectivity tool um, and it always has been. It's always connected people from across the world. Um, You know, I've used Zoom and um, Skype to stay in touch with my family for many years. Now I'm using it at work.
0: Yeah, Um,
1: It doesn't beat seeing that person or having lunch with somebody other than yeah. your family. <laughs> you know, you, you need a break from them sometimes. Do
0: you see a lot of like uh maybe some individual teams or, or groups or just uh friends that are, you know, coworkers that are doing their own efforts to have little social social periods throughout the day, um or even uh corporate <laughs> kind of uh events um where you're still yeah. getting to see each other. So
1: we're trying to do um, luncheon and learns um, at the end of the year is when we try and do our recap of all the things that we need to know being HR generalists, <laughs> which is a lot of information. Yeah. So um, our administrative assistants send out gift cards to um, Wendy's or McDonald's or somewhere. <laughs> you know, we all vote on a place and um, it's just something that we're able to go out, get something to eat. Come back, and then we start off with the social of, oh look, yeah, you get from Wendy's.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's probably interesting too to think about you know how this affects or changes, um, you know what your the feeling of what's being required of you or you know whether it's acceptable, you know, to throw in some of those socialization, like hours or, you know, scheduling, schedule, you know, a 30 minute meeting with uh, a couple old coworkers you haven't seen in months, you know, just to catch up, like, does that fly? You know, should we be like, super more productive now? You know, you know, how, how, how you take the, the work environment, translate it to home and what leeway you have there, I'm sure is also uh, pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting there. Um, initially, I know a lot of people struggled with is it okay if I take a twenty-minute break? Yeah, you know yeah. during the workday because do I need to consistently show that green light?
0: Right, uh, <laughs> we've all that got that green line. Light. I'm
1: active. I'm sitting here. You know, I think people yeah. had to um, struggled with with proving themselves. Yeah, um, it's definitely. I think now getting to a point where we're craving that social interaction, mm-hmm. um, and so there's definitely a lot more um, understanding from, I think, specifically managers and, and senior leadership yeah. as to why our employees might need that. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're getting there.
0: Yeah, it's cool to see how, how all this is evolving and, and not only, you know, from the workplace, but how it's, you know, what it's affecting in like, you know, lives and cities and states and countries. And uh, I mean, even like, you know, the housing market, how that's shifting now and everything. I mean, this is this is pretty crazy to, to watch this. And uh, what we you were talking about, you know, with the technology, especially when this was first starting, I was thinking, man, if this would have happened even just two years ago uh it would have been a lot harder <laughs> to, to, for a lot of uh, us to probably adapt to to what we and as quickly as we did i mean you know even just the advancements i don't even know if zoom was around two years ago you know it's like we were probably still back on like go to meeting you know <laughs> at that point like everything so much has changed even the last couple of years so um it, it's interesting to see all this is all all playing together but uh yeah, that uh, you guys have answered a lot of my questions. I, I definitely appreciate it. Um, I'll turn it over to Priya if you have any uh, questions for them, and I'll let uh, these guys do closing statements or anything they have left on their their shoulders to to say, and then we'll we'll wrap up.
1: Yeah, I don't have any questions, but this was definitely um, a very interesting discussion. I definitely
0: <laughs> learned a lot from it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I appreciate you guys being on. Uh, anything else from from you guys? Anything that you didn't get to get out? Nothing you're shaking your head no, I think we,
2: I think we covered it all I mean you know this is this has been a weird, weird year, and yeah. it's required uh a lot of effort and, and and patience on on all of our parts and you know for the most part i think we've we've done a uh, a really nice job of it uh and you know uh I think it's gonna require even more um as we head into this winter,
0: yeah, it's crazy how much has happened this year, but it's also uh Really need to see how quickly uh, we've adapted and for overcome. Sure. We've overcome a lot. Uh, there's still a lot of struggles and a lot of challenges Absolutely. and a lot of unknowns, but a uh, lot's happened, uh, even for the good uh, this year. So, but I appreciate you guys taking the time to get on uh, and answer some of these questions and help us to understand what's happening behind the scenes. You know, a lot of us probably don't get to see these these aspects of, of the companies that we work for. So, thank you so much for being on. You're always welcome back on any future episodes. So, thank you guys so much. Thanks Thanks for having us. Nice talking with everyone. And thanks everybody for for listening. Uh, Definitely check out our other episodes. We've got uh, over 80 to check out. So all kinds of topics, uh, uh, a lot of different topics to choose from. So definitely scroll through those, check those out. If you guys would ever like to be on a podcast or have a topic suggestion, something you'd like to hear about, let us know. Reach out to us at contact at contact.oilfootbasics.com. Until next time, guys, stay safe and we'll catch you next one.